Question one, what are some overrated or underrated exercises? Uh, when it comes to overrated exercises, just exercises and movements that the juice is just not worth the squeeze, I need to start with unnecessarily high rep ab work. So when people are talking about planks and they're doing minutes of planks or crunches and they're doing hundreds of crunches, at some point you're just not doing anything of value. So when we're doing five minutes of planks, the most impressive thing is your ability to focus on a task for five minutes of uninterrupted time. And the same thing is true with crunches. When you're doing 200, 300 plus crunches in a row, you're just not really giving your body a great stimulus. Because remember, your body's going to adapt to what you're giving it. So unless your job requires you to hold a tight core for five consecutive minutes or to uh, bring your ribs and your hips closer together 600 times in a row, there's much better ways you could be spending that time. So a long plank, it's a long plank and that's about it. There's nothing uh, probably worthwhile to doing those sorts of exercises. You could get a far better core exercise in probably 10 to 20 seconds than you will for the amount of time it takes you to do a long plank or uh, a whole bunch of crunches. Another overrated exercise, I'd say it'd be burpees. There are very few people in life who enjoy burpees, and that's simply for the reason because burpees kind of suck. Now, because burpees feel like they're doing a whole lot, people tend to make the mistake of thinking that they're actually doing a whole lot. The one area I would see burpees being maybe something beneficial is if you don't have a lot of time and you want to get in a quick cardio workout. I think if you do like two to three sets of 10 burpees as fast as you can, you'll get in a good cardio workout in not a lot of time. However, I think for most people, they're overused, especially when we look at like group fitness classes or personal trainers where you're just trying to just tweak the intensity dial and just ramp that up. Uh, burpees are a great way to make it feel like you're doing a whole lot of work. But again, just like our uh, planks and crunches, I don't think that burpees are going to give you the biggest bang for your buck. You're probably better off spending more time doing other exercises that will actually change your body in the way that you want it to than doing a whole bunch of burpees over and over again. Um, another overrated exercise I think would be jogging. Again, kind of like burpees, jogging's not usually enjoyable for most people. There's a few people who like it, um, but in general, most people don't love jogging, but they do it because they think that's what it takes to lose, uh, lose weight primarily. And when it comes to jogging, this doesn't mean that jogging is bad. Okay? None of these exercises are bad. If you do these exercises, there's nothing wrong with you or with your workout. It's just maybe not the best use of your time. There could be better ways for you to reach your goals than having to do these workouts. If you enjoy doing these exercises, by all means, keep doing them. But if you're doing them because you think that they're going to be the means to your end, there is far better means that you could use unless your goal is to hold a plank for as long as you possibly can, then you should practice long planks. Um, when it comes to jogging, again, it feels like it's a lot of work. It's going to be burning quite a few calories, but again, there's better ways that you can burn calories. There's better ways you can create calorie deficits. There's better ways you can reach your goal than jogging. I'd much prefer 
to do walking, which is an underrated exercise, um, that you're still getting lots of the benefits without the negatives that come with the, the high, even the high impact nature of jogging is one of the reasons why I would say most people should find an alternative unless they really like jogging and they're good at it. Um, the final overrated exercise is overly complicated multi-movement complexes. So that's a complicated way of saying when someone says we're going to do a bicep curl push press with a backwards lunge and they start to combine multiple exercises into one, again, it seems like it's doing a lot. The problem is, is that if you can curl a weight up, it's probably not going to be meaningfully heavy enough to lift up over your head. Your, what you overhead press, what you lift above your head, is probably going to be significantly heavier than what you're able to curl. And so by picking a weight that's limited by how much you can curl up, you're not really getting a lot out of that overhead press. It's not that it's a, a big nothing, but you're probably better off curling and then picking a new weight and doing an overhead press picking a new weight and then doing some lunges with that. And so again, it seems like it's doing a lot. It's a complicated exercise, which makes us think that it's probably a really good exercise. And it's not that they're bad. I would just say you're probably better off splitting those up into three separate movements, picking appropriate weight that allows you to do between six and 10 of those movements. You'd probably find that you're gonna get better results um, in that case. Now, when it comes to underrated exercises, uh, the first one I already mentioned is walking. Walking is almost too good to be true and it's almost too simple to be good. And yet it is so good. And so the more you can walk, the better. I think everyone, regardless of your goals, should walk, especially outside. Um, that would be one exercise that, that I think across the board, everyone should be trying to do. The next one is body weight squats. So just squatting down with your body. And what we're looking for here is that we're going uh, right into a full squat. I think being able to sit in a squat and play like you would maybe see a, a child sitting and playing or around the world, uh, various countries where they don't sit in chairs all day. Um, they maintain that hip and ankle mobility to get all the way down into a full squat and sit there comfortably. I think that is incredibly useful and will allow you to be more mobile long-term. So working on how can you increase your ankle mobility to do a full squat? How can you increase your hip mobility to do a full squat? If you can do a full body weight squat that shows that you've got healthy hips and ankles, and those alone are gonna be an indicator of your longevity in that you can keep moving for a long time if you keep healthy hips and ankles. Another underrated exercise is one that's not widely known and it's called the Turkish get up. So if you go to YouTube and you look for Turkish get up, you're gonna see a number of people probably holding kettlebells, laying on the floor, and they're gonna slowly work their way up to standing. Now the Turkish get up is a movement that is complex, but it's actually serving a purpose. And so it's, it's one giant movement where you go from uh, laying down flat on your back to step by step getting yourself to full standing all while holding a weight straight up to the ceiling. Now, the great thing about Turkish get up is number one, it's going to uh, actually serve a purpose beyond just being complex. It's going to focus on mobility. It's going to focus on uh, building strength and core strength. 
And essentially, it's a compound movement. It's using one movement to work a number of muscles. So it's not just taking a bicep curl where we're working our biceps and then a shoulder press where we're working our shoulders. It's throughout the whole movement, you're working your entire body. So it's going to allow you to be efficient with your workouts. And it's also going to require certain skills and abilities that again, are going to help you with longevity, being healthy for the long term. Uh, the final one is face pulls. So getting a band or a cable, something where your arms are stretched out in front of you, and then you're pulling that back, getting your hands behind your head. Um, we're focusing on working the upper back. You could also do band pull-aparts where you take a resistance band, you hold it out in front of you about sh at shoulder width, and then you pull that back. Anything to work your upper back is going to be underrated. We don't do it enough. And so anything that gets your elbows and hands behind your back is going to be a good choice for your uh, exercise routines. Question two, how do I get rid of back pain? My number one tip for getting rid of back pain is to build strength. We wanna build core strength, both front, back, and sides. Um, and specifically, I would recommend lots of people get into some sort of deadlift where we're slowly and systematically building up uh, strength. When we look at pain, oftentimes where pain comes from, if it's not the result of an, an acute event where you got hit by a car and now ever since then um, something hurts. That's going to be different where it's just this uh, over time this back pain has, has shown up. It's most likely going to be at least helped by gaining strength. It might not cure it, but if we can build strength around pain, it's going to support it. And so by building strength, if you can't if you don't have access to um, a barbell to do deadlifts, you can do um, more Romanian deadlift type things with dumbbells. You can uh, work on like Superman type things where you lay on your stomach and you just practice extending your back to build strength. Um, all of those things will definitely help with back pain. Uh, next question. I'm eating 1100 calories a day and I'm still not losing weight. How can I get weight loss going again? So I've, I've answered a question similar to this before, um, recognize that your body adapts. And so that same 1100 calories that got the ball moving towards weight loss is not the same 1100 calories that's going to keep weight loss happening. Um, so over time, you're either gonna have to lower calories or you're gonna have to figure out a way to get your body to burn more calories. Now, one thing that you need to check out is to make sure that you're actually eating 1100 calories. There's lots of people will underestimate the number of calories that they're eating. And so they say that they're eating 1100 calories, but they're not actually weighing it. Maybe they're measuring it, but what they think is a half cup of oatmeal is actually a heaping half cup. And so it's actually closer to three quarters of a cup or a full cup. Well, if you're eating a full cup of oats, when you're only counting a half cup of oats, you're, you're missing out on double the calories that you're actually consuming. And so, Maybe instead of um, 150 calories for a half cup, you're getting 300, but you're only counting it as 150. And so over time, it might seem like you're not losing weight on 1100 calories, but you're actually maybe eating 15 or 1600 calories a day. And so make sure that you're actually eating the number that you think. Now, if this were me or someone I was working with, what I would work on is slowly increasing calories alongside with weight training. So recognizing that 1100 calories is not a lot of calories for any size adult. 
So we want to put that number up. If you remember some of the uh, numbers that I've given out before, where we're looking at a goal for, for calories is body weight times uh, 10 to 12 if you're looking to lose weight. So if you were 200 pounds looking to lose weight, you'd be looking to eat between about uh, 2,000 and about 2,400 calories per day. Um, that's a lot more than 1,100 calories. You could potentially eat double if you're a 200 pound person trying to eat 1,100 calories a day. Um, so we're gonna slowly work on increasing those calories so that your body knows it has enough calories to eat. And so instead of 1,100, I might try to get you to eat 1,300 for a week. Once, once we've established that you're actually eating 1,100. And then from 13, once that becomes more normal, we're gonna go up to 15 and we're gonna keep on adding until you feel like you're at a good number of calories um, that you are content with. And then we're gonna hold that there for a while, allow your body to adapt, and then we may try to cut down again. Now, while you're increasing your calories, it's super important that you do not weigh yourself because chances are someone who's down to eating 1100 calories is dealing with some sort of body image issues because that is a super low number of calories to be eating again for any size adult. And so the fact that you've gotten there probably means that there's there's some something is off in the way that you're viewing your body and that 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 scale is really really important to you. And so as you're adding calories, the scale will go up. It won't necessarily be body fat, but it's going to go up whether it's muscle or water or glycogen or even just the extra food volume, that number is going to go up. And if you weigh yourself during that time, you're probably going to panic and you're probably going to go back to the small amount of calories that's not working for you. And so you do not weigh yourself at that point. We'd work at slowly increasing until you get to that number of calories that you like, and then we could start cutting again from there. A final question is sort of the opposite end of the spectrum. How can I keep gaining weight when I can't eat any more food? I'm eating nearly 4,000 calories per day and the scale is not going up. So once again, your body has adapted. Your body said that we've got this many calories to deal with. It's dealing with calories really efficiently, which is potentially a good problem to have, but it's still a problem that some people have. So what you want to do again is you need to figure out, first of all, are you actually eating 4,000 calories consistently? What often happens is people, let's say you have a, a guy who's about six foot four, 150 pounds. So we all know someone who's like that and they can eat a tremendous amount of food and it seems like they're not gaining any weight. Well, one of the things that you'll notice with those people is that they will eat a lot at meals, but they tend to not eat in between meals. So they might eat, let's say they eat 800 calories at breakfast and 1,000 calories at lunch and 1,000 calories at supper. Well, if you just saw one of those meals, you'd say, wow, that's a lot of food because 1,000 calories at a meal, that's a pretty substantial volume of food. However, if that person's only eating 2,800 calories, they're probably not going to be adding the, the mass that they want or gaining the weight that they want. And so a couple things you could do, number one is, is to make sure that you're, you're eating enough overall, that you are actually getting that 4,000 calories consistently, um, and that you're getting enough to keep gaining weight. Uh, the other thing you could do is to try a shortcut. And I know it seems counterintuitive, 
But if you can lower your calories a little bit, um, maybe lose a little bit of body fat, lower the number that you're, of calories that your body is going to burn throughout the day, then when you go back to increasing it to 4,000 calories, your body should store some of that extra as body weight and muscle. So it's a little bit counterintuitive. It's, it's kind of the opposite of what we would do with someone struggling to lose weight, is we would limit calories a little bit and then go to add them back in. The other thing you need to do is ask yourself, do you need to keep gaining weight? Um, some guys, again, we have this body dysmorphia thing where we think we need to keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And the truth is that you might not need to gain weight. You might be lighter than you want to be. You might um, not have as much muscle as you would like, but at some point we just need to ask yourself, are you healthy? Are you able to do the things that you want to do? And how would increasing your muscle or gaining weight, how would that improve your life? How would it improve your relationships, your work? And if it wouldn't, then I wouldn't spend too much time stressing about it. I would focus on eating mostly minimally processed foods, making sure you're getting enough protein, and then just enjoying the fact that you do have that freedom with calories to enjoy food, um, but not stress so much about the scale not going in the direction that you want it to go.